0: Hi, I'm Kim Vu. Welcome to Vietnola, the show about being Vietnamese in New Orleans. Vietnola is our window into our Vietnamese community in New Orleans and a bridge to Vietnam. We're a member of the family of shows on the podcast network, itsneworleans.com. Xin chào quý vị. Đây là bài Vietnola, chương trình phát hành về cộng đồng Việt Nam ở New Orleans. Vietnola là một cánh cửa để nhìn vào cộng đồng ở New Orleans và một cạnh nối với quê hương. Podcast: Today on the show, we'll have a conversation with Ngọc Pham, who is a recipient of the Millennium Scholarship from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Ngọc is in the process of obtaining her, PhD, her MPH at Tulane University School of Public Health and Tropical Medicine. She's in the Global Health System Development Department, concentrating on society, behavior, and development. Ngoc came to the U.S. from Vietnam when she was about eight years old, speaking only Vietnamese, the daughter of a refugee auto mechanic and his wife. Her strong academic achievements could have led her anywhere, but she credits her traditional Confucian values of both community and family piety to why she decided to stay in New Orleans. Having originally intended to pursue her medical degree after studying public health as an undergraduate, she's since adjusted her course to focus exclusively on a doctorate in public health so that she can further explore avenues of prevention over mere treatment. She's joined Vietnola today to talk to us about her ongoing journey as a Vietnamese New Orleanian en route to establishing herself as a scholar in the field of public health. Thanks
1: for coming. Thank you for having me.
0: Your father is a mechanic. As yes. you explained. And you self confess to have Confucian values, pretty much typical of a Vietnamese family, I think. Traditional yes, Vietnamese. I think.
1: Family. Very traditional. <laughs> yeah.
0: Confucian ethics, as I mentioned in the, in-, in the intro, supports values of hierarchy. And to what extent are those values strained given your educational path uh, as compared to your father's? How did you choose the field of public health and your topic and is there a disconnect with what modern life of being an immigrant in America is bringing?
1: Um I I there's there's, I don't think there's a sense of disconnect um, so originally my, my parents have nothing to do with the health sector or anything like that um, I plan to go to me- medical school become a doctor you know the typical Vietnamese route for mm-hmm. every immigrant um, family you know you go to med school you go to pharmacy school or engineering or engineering or a lawyer <laughs> um, <laughs> and then I decided okay that's what I'm going to do I'm going to major in public health because I like the idea of prevention not really treating someone after they become sick. What's the point of doing that? Mm -hmm. Um, And then I really just fell in love with public health, taking a lot of the courses, but I really wanted to understand how can I help people other than just giving them access to care. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I explained that to my parents um, and said, (laughs) surprisingly, I thought they wouldn't be very supportive. And Mm -hmm. then um, I remember going, we're in the car and then I was telling them that I'm dropping pre-med completely. Um, medical school is out of the picture and I'm gonna go um, and get my MPH and then possibly a PhD later on and do research Mm -hmm. of course they're like what is research what do you do with that Uh uh Um, and then they couldn't really understand and I said I explained to them public health is you know really looking at everyone in a collective group um, Uh helping more than just one people uh, one person at a time Mm -hmm. Um, and they still didn't really understand that Um, but then I just said, basically, I just want to help people. I just want to p- prevent people from getting <laughs> sick. And they said, okay, as long w- whatever you do, as long as you're helping society, contributing to something, and once you're gone, you're no longer in this earth, you leave something behind. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how I came to where I am now, and really trying to connect the Confucius value of you know my upbringing and what I plan to do in the future. Mm-hmm.
0: And so did they play a role in that decision if or were they really more of um, role models that you
1: followed? Um, I think I always my parents you know, like I said, nothing with the health field but um, back in the um, Vietnam when before they left for the Philippines, my um, dad was actually one of the boat drivers, um, I guess like the opera the captain mm-hmm. for um, the boats that were leaving you know this is like a a short period of time after the war the fall of Saigon but then um, eventually as people were growing up they didn't like the um, oppression so they wanted to leave Mm -hmm. Uh, my dad actually took quite a few trips to the Philippines um, and then he came back um, but you know, his, his idea was that I was doing this because I wanted to help people, mm-hmm. people, you know, escape, um, from this oppression that they were suffering through. So I think from that mentality, that was where I really got inspired to really want to help people. I just wanted to do the best that I can. And then when we came to the States, we also had a lot of help from people, um, within the community because we didn't know what was going on we were new to this place so i kind of wanted to return that favor Mm -hmm. um you know that's why i wanted to work with go back to asia and work in asia
0: right and i uh, first i want to know specifically what topic are you exploring in the public health fields?
1: um right now i'm really interested in the migrant population people who are moving from one place to another
0: any particular locales in that
1: um, I'm really interested in people who are coming, Southeast Asians who are coming to the U.S. Because um, I definitely feel like there's a connection between us, and I feel like you know, with something that I feel so strongly and passionate about, I could pursue it for a long time, long term.
0: Mm-hmm. And what are the implications of that? Um, kind of.
1: I really wanted to explore more on um, the idea of um, stigma and social capital. Uh-huh. Um, because, I mean, a lot of places you see um, people say you give people access to healthcare. That's how you improve their health. But I really want to explore, you know, the sociology, the anthropology aspect of that. I really think that being healthy is just more than being able to access healthcare. care, um, you know, with especially with immigrants like myself who are coming to a new place, not really understanding, you know, the resources that we can access to and having that cultural barrier could sometimes prevent people from getting access to health and i want to explore more of that are you interested in returning
0: to vietnam in a professional setting
1: yes Mm -hmm. um ultimately um i So I've been participating in some research projects with professors um, at the School of Public Health at Tulane and they really focus on, you know, the Southeast Asian region. Um, I really want to see myself going back there um, in the future. I think it's definitely a way for me to really connect with my culture also, Um, despite coming here, you know, after living in Vietnam, but I actually haven't lived there in that long i live in the philippines um until i was about five and then i lived in vietnam for about two years before coming here so there's definitely you know i was raised vietnamese i feel really connected to my culture but there's still that sense of not fully connecting i like to call it the 1.5 generation immigrant (laughs) (laughs) like because you i feel like i know the culture but i don't really i haven't really found you know like the, the heritage aspect of it. I haven't really connected. Um, I was in Vietnam not too long ago in December and a lot of people who saw me, they're like, oh, I know you're foreign just by looking at you and I try so hard to blend in, but... You went where? Where I, I was in Vietnam. Where in Vietnam? I went to... Um, Saigon and then I went to my parents' hometown Ya okay. and Phong rang And I try really hard, but they're like, We knew that you're a foreigner and sometimes I feel like I, I feel foreign being in the States, but going back to, you know, my homeland, I was still considered a foreigner. So I wanted to um in the future go back and really explore that too and then couple that with public health.
0: And what kind of uh what what do you project you'll find in that kind of study going from Vietnam to here?
1: Um, I don't know. I just really want to understand really what, what being, I guess being here in the States, um, not being able to be close with your family. And a lot of times, um, you're still, you're, you may be Asian American, but at times you're still, there's still this foreigner marker, this aspect of not feeling fully belonging um, and that's how I certainly feel at times. And so that's why I want to explore more of, like, as people are moving to different location, does that that mentality really in, impact the way that they assimilate? And how does that in turn impact people's health overall, whether it's mentally or physically?
0: Mm-hmm. So I take it you're familiar with uh, Dr. Mai Do's studies and Dr. Mark Van Landingham yes, studies. Yes, yes, very. Also former... Uh, Guests on Vietnam. I'm very (laughs) flattered to say. And have you worked with the Vietnamese community uh, through your academics here, which is your own community?
1: Yes. um, So before coming to Tulane, I did a lot (coughs) of um, translational work within the community. So... When um, Hurricane Katrina, the B P oil spill, Gustav, I did a lot of. There was the D SNAP program where people would apply for the emergency food stamp. Um, so I was there, you know, at the convention center doing translation for the Vietnamese community, Vietnamese um people who are coming there. On a more academic side, I um am assisting Doctor Doe with some of her research work, and I recently worked with her on um the mental health aspect, um the the stress from you know the B P oil spill and the hurricane. Katrina um, and currently I'm working with her on her new grant looking at cervical cancer and stigma within the Vietnamese American women population. Have you
0: lived within within other Vietnamese uh, diaspora communities in the United States?
1: no I came to the came to New Orleans um, and then I we've been here ever since and in a bit, I want to talk. I want to hear more
0: about your love of all things Korean. <laughs> but first, but first, I'd like to go to our segment, the etiquette, where we explore the quirks and charm of and culture of, and etiquette of, of both here Vietnamese New Orleanians and in Vietnam. Uh, I think I like how you brought up the onslaught of Vietnamese restaurants, not just in the West Bank and New Orleans East, but also on the side of the river. Mm-hmm what's your favorite
1: my favorite oh that's hard i really like Min's cafe but i know oh, I, in mid city yes okay um, no they're great um and then i don't know there's just so much to choose right now i'll, cho- I'll stay with that that's my top <laughs> okay. choice right now <laughs> and what's
0: your favorite favorite dish there
1: um i like their spring rolls it's very nice the fried or the the, the goi gung. okay 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 <laughs>
0: and another thing you pointed out which i thought was interesting uh, especially coming from california and the vietnamese community there uh, is that the Viet community in here is in a, a few locations they're not as centralized as vietnamese americans tend to be in for instance san jose or boston or um, orange county mm-hmm. where
1: do you hail from so I'm from the West Bank, um, in the more the Harvey area. So there's quite a few clustering of, of Vietnamese people there. In my neighborhood, it's, it, there's I would say about 25% are Vietnamese where I am um, living in the neighborhood.
0: And do you do you go to the East? Is it something you grew up doing? Or
1: we go to the East when um, there are festivals, okay. the Thet <laughs> festivals, and then the um, the. The market and the stores over there. Um, food we usually of go course, <laughs> for all the course. baked goods and the banh mi. Um, we, I, um, my parents do have a lot of friends over there, so we go there pretty often. Um, but usually we go at least once a year for, you know, the Zhongtu the festival and then for that festival. Mm-hmm. But
0: typically, you maybe eat more in the West Bank, I'm guessing. Yes, I spend socialize. more of my time
1: and socialize more in the West Bank. Um, definitely because I we go to the temple that's located on the West Bank, Day. So there's a huge uh, congregation there. And then there's also the churches over there. And they always have festivities and festivals um, for big celebrations. So we go and support all of that. But I would I would say we spend more of our time on the West Bank rather than the East Bank.
0: You mentioned that you're Buddhist, and the Vietnamese community here is heavily Catholic. Mm-hmm. Did you feel like a minority growing up being Buddhist in New Orleans?
1: Not exactly, because I feel, I still feel like with my friends, um, when we like get back from, you know, from the weekend to school and like, Oh, what are you doing the weekend? Well, they would talk about what they did at the churches and then their Sunday school. And I would talk about what I did at the temple with a youth group and sort of like the Sunday school that we have. Uh-huh. Um, so definitely there's point of discussion and, um, I don't think there's any, I mean, like feeling like a minority being Buddhist. Cause I still think in the West Bank, there's a, there's a huge Buddhist, um, population over there.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, looking at you and just knowing your academic background, I can guess you're in your early twenties. <laughs> yes. And you're Vietnamese. How fluent are you to the, to the point of, can you conduct, uh, research in Vietnamese field work?
1: I definitely think I'm fluent enough. I mean, um, I came here, I had a little bit of schooling before, you know, in Vietnam, so I still can speak it very fluently. I can still read and write in Vietnamese also. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I definitely would like to um, go back to Vietnam and do field work and really I I love to hear people's stories and I feel like sometimes when I um, so through my previous work just reading the transcription of it but they're already translated to English um, I find myself going back to the Vietnamese version um, and really reading it and I feel like I get more of the story and the image that they're trying to portray within um, their stories Mm
0: -hmm. Future plans. What kind of projects are you thinking of working on?
1: That's a good question. (laughs) Um, I definitely want to pursue a um, a PhD in public health, um, really focusing on, you know, um, social determinants of health. Mm -hmm. Um, It would be great to go back to Southeast Asia and do work there. Um, But I'm using this year, um, because I have one more year for my master's program, to really explore the area that I really want to focus on and kind of narrow down the topic and what where do I want to go do I really want to go away for the PhD or stay here and definitely you know I just came back from Boston um, and there was a I was at Harvard um, and then you know that's Cambridge was really close close to the Boston area where there's a huge Vietnamese population I feel really feel like I could be up there but all of my support system are down here my parents are down here I have an uncle down here so there's a lot of decisions to make but definitely going to staying in the academia route I know that for sure for now (laughs) Do you have siblings? I have a sister. Okay. We're we're nine years apart. So older we're huge... or younger? Um, she's a younger sister. Okay. Um, so that's like definitely one of the factors that's kind of making me want to stay here. I kind of want to see her, you know, become up, an adult. Become an adult. It's always fun.
0: <laughs> okay, your Korean obsession. Let's talk about this. Oh no! <laughs> what,
1: what is this about? Um. I so definitely growing up I'm pretty sure you had this in your family where you would watch um, Paris by night Paris by night and then your parents (laughs) always watch the fimbo, which is like the long drama that's like literally like a long movie that's numerous episodes so like a soap opera right um historic
0: ones too yes where Mm -hmm. they're all like in
1: costumes I grew up watching that and then we, um, you know, the the whole trend of going to Korea and the Korea entertainment industry being booming, we, um, my mother and I, switched over to watching Korean dramas. And then ever since then, uh, I feel like I kept watching it, and I mean, it's so great. I think it's good. <laughs> like it's like guilty pleasure. You watch it. It's the same thing. It's repetitive, but it's great. But then I also think there's an aspect of it because I, it's. Now, is it similar to the Vietnamese version? Or? Um. Equivalent or I feel like it's some of the aspects are very similar, but I think maybe the reason why I watch it so much is because if I turn on the TV and watch American shows, you never really see like an Asian American role model mm-hmm. or you know, like some character you can submit. Oh it's just
0: like a nerd. Or
1: some someone weird. Aw-
0: yeah, awkward nerd.
1: Awkward nerd, weird. You can't sometimes really sometimes
0: overweight if they're a guy.
1: Yes. Right just just weird <laughs> there's there's nothing to I, I just I don't know nothing to relate to I uh-huh. guess mm-hmm. other than the nerd part maybe I can relate to that um, so then I just I just like to watch it and then um, I, I like now for some reason my friends were watching it too and then the Koreans one were uh, the Koreans watch it and then my non-Korean friends watch it so we watch it and we talk about it together it's great <laughs> are the subtitles in English or Vietnamese? so I like to wait till they're dub in Vietnamese. Oh my god. And then I watch it. I sit there and have a marathon and I just listen to it. And like I just can finish one like you know 20 episode in like a week. Really? Yes. Interesting. That's so strange. And then if I can't really like wait and I know that a drama is really good cuz my friends are all watching it, then I, I resort to reading the subtitles <laughs> in English. And what about Korean pop
0: music? You
1: I you refer to it as
0: K pop. I didn't even know that was a thing.
1: Oh, that's totally a thing. I feel so embarrassed talking about it. So I'm I'm probably no longer an undercover K pop fan. Yeah, at
0: least six thousand listeners will know as of this I, recording.
1: I love K pop. I don't know. I I love the whole boy band <laughs> phenomenon, you know, bringing back to the boy bands? Yes, the boy bands, of course. Um
0: is that phenomenon not developed in Vietnam yet? Or I, I don't feel know like Saigon would have some coming. When out, I was I
1: there know. I didn't really see it, but they definitely have um I was turning on TV and talking to my cousins. They definitely have some aspects that are very similar, you know, the the guy liner, <laughs> the, the hair <laughs> of the clothing this androgynous feel i don't know i don't know what it is but it's just very interesting (laughs) you just don't see that in america and in the pop culture here (laughs) so maybe that's why i'm so intrigued by it why do they do it i don't know (laughs) i'm so curious sounds like a good balance to the seriousness
0: of your academics yes
1: it's i think so so. it 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 keeps me sane maybe (laughs) you know after like long writing an essay or something like that i go and just you know binge watch a huge soap opera or Mm -hmm. listen to some random k-pop music videos i think it's great like what is that uh ganam style like the videos are so (laughs) hilarious how can you not watch it uh
0: did you mention any of this in your gates foundation application no (laughs) no um i i no. <laughs> <laughs> Will they be, and they'll
1: be um,
0: getting you through your PhD program, it sounds like? Yes. Um, so
1: fortunately, um, I guess great for me that I decided to pursue public health, and public health is one of the um, field of study that they um, would um, provide financial support all the way to the doctorate level. Fantastic.
0: Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and thank sharing you. with us thank your story, you me. story, your journey, and um, K-pop. Educating me about K-pop, I'm a better I'm a better host for this. <laughs> Thank you for having me. That's Vietnam for today. Thank you so much for joining us at home, at work, on your phone, wherever you are, and whatever you're doing. And a special thanks to today's guest, Fan. Thank you. Our show is produced by Kim Vu, Tom Lasher, and Grant Morris. Our technical director is Chris kehoe our theme song was composed by taylor smith and performed by the swamp lilies the fabulous audio quality of this show is brought to you in part by presonus audio electronics presonus makes some of the best audio recording and live sounding products including studio one music production software studio live digital mixing consoles air studio monitors and much more visit www.presonus.com for more information You can follow us on Twitter at It's New Orleans. You can like us on Facebook. We're at It's New Orleans. And you can subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes and Stitcher. You can listen to our other Vietnola shows on our website, itsneworleans.com, as well as our other shows, Happy Hour, Out to Lunch, Mindset, True to the Game, and Midnight Menu Plus One. Keep up with all kinds of fun happenings here at Vietnola by getting on our mailing list. Sign up on our website, itsneworleans.com vietnola was recorded today in the lovely city of new orleans if you'd like to be a guest on vietnola we'd love to have you drop us a line you'll find all the information you need on our website vietnola is produced by ino broadcasting for it'sneworleans.com. for everyone here at vietnola thanks for joining us today we look forward to seeing you back here next week for our next episode of vietnola until then i'm kim vu bye-bye